Welcome to the Juggling the Chaos of Recovery podcast, where we focus on health and wellness and overcoming all types of addictions. You're in the right place if you're a mom, dad, sibling, or caregiver who has a loved one who is or was struggling with an eating disorder or any other kind of addiction. In a time where everything seems heavy, I'm here to bring you a very real yet lighthearted take on what the heck we're all supposed to do with our lives while we care for our loved ones who are struggling. One thing holds true throughout it all. You can't juggle the chaos without smiling, at least a little bit. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Moira Gorski. You know, I have gotten the opportunity to be interviewed on a a number of other podcasts and they're really, really valuable conversations. And today I wanted to bring one of those to you. I'm going to be um, bringing a few of those to you in the future. And um, because again, I, I think I talk about a lot of these things um, on the podcast with my guests. But again, these conversations that I've had with others on their podcast, I just want to share with my audience here. So today you're going to hear a uh, recording that I did with Lucy Forsting. Um, we have done a few conversations, a few podcasts, and Lucy's a wonderful gal that I found, again, through networking through the internet. And she is a clinical psychologist by schooling, you know, for 33 years, she does do some counseling, but she's been working for many years with this Synergy Connection show, just promoting wellness and connecting with other practitioners, if you will, like me or other health advocates that, that are kind of on a similar mission, again, promoting different ways of thinking, mindset, wellness and things like that. And so today on this podcast that you'll hear, we talked about the benefit of reset, like a reset, a detox, uh, kind of a reset at the beginning of the year. And not just physically, but we do talk about that. But we just talk about kind of resetting our mind. And I did do, um, if you'd listen to it, we, we, I talked about start, stop, and continue. I do mention that on this podcast as well. But just different things that we can do to kind of reset, recalibrate, redo, regroup um, to move forward in a different light and things like that. So you'll hear that on the podcast. Now, Lucy does use some other wellness products and she does talk about it at the beginning of her podcast. But when I talk about um, the wellness products, the seven day cleanse and things like that, those of course are from Shackley, which is the company that I've been partnered with for the last almost 22 years. You can find all kinds of information about that and the other th- the other podcast episodes and things like that on my recently redone website. So if you just go to moiragorski.com, um, you'll find that there's a link to, again, if you wanted to look at any of the Shackley products that I mentioned in this or wanted to pick up my journal um, or just learn a little bit about me and what I do offer, I encourage you to go visit my website at moiragorski.com. But in the meantime, sit back and relax and um, enjoy this episode episode uh, with Lucy Forsting and the benefit of resetting. And um, thanks again for listening. It's time to experience the Synergy Connection Show with your host, Lucy Forsting. Good morning, everyone. Welcome to the Synergy Connection Show, where we do our best to connect the dots between who we are spiritually, intellectually, emotionally, and physically. And certainly all of 2020, all of 2021, and here we are still in 2022 talking about COVID and the importance of staying healthy. And, you know, 
one of the things that's very clear to everyone now is the vaccine is not the answer. Um, it can be a partial answer for those that have uh, like comorbidities to other conditions such as diabetes or cardiovascular disease or obesity or something of that nature. Certainly the vaccine is going to help keep you alive in all likelihood. Uh, you may not be hospitalized or if you are, it'll be for a shorter stay. But even if you've had the vaccine, please consider two things. You need to know your vitamin D3 level. It needs to be above 70 and you have to ask for this test to be done. They don't do it otherwise. And there's all kinds of reasons I think why they don't. I won't go into those, but uh, you do need to know that number. So again, above 70, it's a simple blood test uh, lab that they can run. The other one is the C-reactive protein test. That again is a lab test. You want that number to be below one. I will tell you that my D3 is an 82 and my C-reactive protein is a 0.3. Um, so you wanna keep your inflammation level low. That's what C-reactive protein is all about, is looking at inflammation. And if your inflammation is low, you will probably not have much in the way of disease forming in your body. Uh, for those who get a number that's four, five, six, because of you know multiple factors, there are ways you can reduce that number. And I always send everybody over to my website, which is www.synergyconnectionradio.com. And there is a banner there that you can click on. There's a free health newsletter as well. But the banner is from Boomers Forever Young. I use their products. I have for five years. And I think that's a good portion of why I maintain such healthy levels of low inflammation and high D3. But um, if you go there and you look at their uh, podcast, they have a bunch of those on health. They have blogs, they have videos, they have wonderful testimonies. Maybe you'll see somebody that is doing a testimony with a similarity to a condition that you have. And uh, go check out their products. If you decide you want to order something, if you just use my first name, L-U-C-Y, and put it in the discount code as you're checking out, they'll give you $5 off. And uh, so, you know, today everything counts, I think. Um, especially, I think I just heard that uh, our cost of living, even as we're going into 2022, is at 14% across the board. And so that's just craziness. And down here in Florida, housing is up 40% because everybody wants to get out of the cold and move to Florida. And they're referring to it as the cost of living in paradise. And it has grown substantially. <laughs> so um, come on down and visit, but you may decide that uh, living down here is not for you. Um, I've thought about going elsewhere <laughs> myself. Um, okay, so I have as a returning guest today, um, Moya Gorski, she's a nurse. Uh, she's the founder of Gorski Wellness. Uh, she supports men and women on their life journey by looking at the mind and the body and the spirit. And she's from Wheaton, Illinois. So I think it's probably pretty chilly there today, is it? It <laughs> sure is. is it? It's, uh, <laughs> yeah. When I uh, drove to the health club this morning for my early morning boxing class, it was nine degrees in the car. So, <laughs> or well, Ew. not in the car, but you know, wow. uh, the, the car. Yeah. So it is bright and sunny but sometimes those are the most deceiving days. 
Um, it's right, because you go out, out thinking that it should be nice, and boom, you're hit with the yeah. frostbite. <laughs> That's right. I, I remember yeah, living in Green Bay um, years ago now, but living in Green Bay, and we would get these stellar days that would be, you know, crystal blue skies, and the pine trees were all sparkly green, and there would be snow on the ground. But you would think that, you know, oh, it's just, it's so nice to get out and walk around. But the windshield could be, I remember the day we moved into the last house that we owned there and the windshield for our open house in December was 40 below zero. And we sat on top of kind of a hill that looked down on the Bay of Green Bay. And so it was whipping, you know, coming up the hill wow. because uh, a lot of times your weather patterns went from west to east. And so that's the direction that we kind of face, but 40 below zero, I didn't think anyone would show up and they all came. So I was amazed. I was amazed. So we're yeah. going to be talking well, today yeah, about housing, the housing too. I'm yeah, sorry. I, um, just about the housing, you know, yeah. I know that so many people have left Illinois and um, even my girlfriend who's in real, real estate, she said she wants us to sell our house because we're all of a sudden empty nesters. She said, well, you should sell. And I'm like, you just want us to sell because you need a home to sell. I said, there isn't any place to go. And even when people are leaving the state, they're having a hard time finding places to live. It's crazy. I so I know. Yeah. I, I don't know what the answer is either. I mean, like I mentioned, they, they talk about affordable housing um, here a lot because we have you know, not just snowbirds that have decided to come down permanently and sell their home, you know, up north, but we have a lot of families and we have, um, you know, single moms, single dads, kids that want to be in fairly good school districts. And, you know, they, they can't find anything that they can afford mm -hmm. because the rule of thumb is your rent and or your mortgage should not be more than 33% of your take-home income. And mm -hmm. the housing market has just so skyrocketed that people yeah. can't, you know, do that anymore. So I, I really don't know even how they're getting bank loans, quite honestly. Mm -hmm. So it's yeah. crazy. It is crazy. It is. So we're going to talk about reset. And in a way, I suppose some of what we've been talking about has to do with that because we need to reset our health and maybe reset our financial goals and reset, uh, you know, where we are in life. And so how, when you're working with somebody, because you do wellness um, yourself, how do you go about helping them look at their life and then making that decision of, yeah, I took a detour and now I need to get back on track maybe. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, um, you know, we find, we were talking before we came on here just about, you know, the new year is a, is a great time to take a look at things and kind of do some evaluation. And as much as I'm not a big fan of New Year's Eve, I do like the beginning of the year for this very reason to <clears throat> take a look at where we've been. And this is what I do with, um, with many of my clients is just say, okay, it is the new year. Let's take a look at, you know, maybe what your goals were last year. You know, did you accomplish those? What happened last year? Um, and, um, be, you know, health-wise, weight-wise, you know, life-wise and do a little bit of kind of evaluating and then, but also try to, you know, not just say, okay, I gained 30 pounds. Okay. Well, 
okay, yes, but let's like, what else is happening? Like, tell me more about that. Like what else was going on in your life? Because I was uh, speaking on a call last night with our team about a gal who did that just that she had gained quite a bit of weight for various reasons. And, um, and if you just say, okay, okay, you need to lose weight. I mean, you don't really look at all of those other things that are going on and there can Mm -hmm. be other things like emotional things going on, or you lost your job or your mother died, or, you know, you had to move or things like that, that impact then those habits that were doing or not doing, you know, every day to lead, you know, that can lead to good health or, or poor health and things like that. So, um, a lot of times, um, I like to, I do this exercise myself and I'll, um, I often can encourage my clients to, to do this is to do something like start, stop and continue. So like, take a look at, as we go into the new year, if you will, like what, like what worked for you. And so, you know, this last year, so maybe what you'd like to continue on doing, um, Mm -hmm. be it, um, again, be it a healthy habit or, um, your daily walks with your dog or things like that. Um, but what, what would you like to stop doing? You know, something that isn't good, you know, and again, if we're talking about, um, health, um, and wellness and things like that, like I'm going to stop, you know, drinking wine at dinner. I'm going to stop eating after, um, I'm going to stop watching too much TV or things like that. Um, and then what am I going to start doing? And I, when I talk with a lot of clients, I like to talk about even just the idea of starting to eat more vegetables or starting to drink more water, um, because those kind of things can really have an impact. And um, I just find that if we, if somebody has these health goals that they're trying to accomplish, if we start out too big, it can be so overwhelming for them that they just don't even start at all. And so if we just say to somebody, well, what if you walked a little bit more every day, or maybe you walked, um, maybe you just started walking or, um, maybe drink more water, um, or try to see if you could have a vegetable, every meal that you eat, those can be little changes that can really lead to, you know, as that consistency goes on, um, it can, uh, can lead to bigger, you know, Big that consistency, small steps, small steps, small steps leads to a bigger, you know, return as time goes on. No, I I think that's absolutely true. Um, You know, I think habits technically take 21 days to form and you have to do it every day for 21 days. And if you don't, you have to start over again because the Mm -hmm. habit isn't embedded sufficiently, you know, to make that difference. But people who do start new habits, if they take baby steps, you know, they quite often will stay with it. And if they uh, are biting, you know, it's like, how do you eat an elephant one bite at a time? If they try to gobble the whole elephant, you're right, they're going to get discouraged and they're going to look at the scale or they're going to look at, you know, some part of their life that they would like to improve and give up. And so, you know, this, the baby steps usually work and consistency. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, you know, we found that again, this gal that we interviewed last night, she started with something that we promote that's a seven day cleanse. It's basically an eating unlimited fruits and vegetables for seven days. And you do do some targeted supplements that kind of detox and reset the insides. 
And so even though she said she admitted last night, she goes, I was kind of afraid to start that because I didn't want to say that I really didn't like vegetables and I wasn't sure what what I was going to eat for seven (laughs) days, but Uh she embraced it. She followed the recipes that were recommended. And she found that as she got through that time, I mean, she lost like 13 pounds in the week. She was, but she was, she said, I had the best night's sleep that I had ever, I'm like, it feels, feels like that I had ever had. And, um, as time went on throughout, she had started, um, working with us in September. And as time went on, she said, when the things came interview, like she went to a, a place in the fall, like to pick apples and, you know, we, I don't know about you, but I love those apple cider donuts, you know, uh-huh. and she does too. And she just said, you know, she would have normally just picked up the, you know, bought the donuts and, and indulged in those. But she said, I I reached for the apples. And she said, she said, it just kind of like, wow, my, my cravings are changing my things that I, that I want to put in that I want to eat. I mean, I'm just, I don't want that anymore. I want this. And that's what I've seen with working with clients over time. And there is some, you know, there is some science behind it, but just as you eat more healthy and you take those things, you know, the sugar out and things like that, you tend to not crave those things. And so as you're like in this particular program, you eat lots of vegetables and you're really alkalizing your system. And so you're not having those cravings. And so she found that over time, she just didn't crave those poor things and the box or or the bag of cookies that she used to eat and the, you know, things like that. And she was just then making healthier choices, which kept her continuing on and continuing on. And yes, the scale was going down, but she was sleeping better. She felt better. She felt like she had more, she knew she had more energy Mm -hmm. and, um, and what was really cool. And she got a little teary eyed about it. She said, and I felt more confident. Like all of a sudden I was feeling like more confident about myself and more brave and things like that. And it was really like, it was really um, very heartfelt what she, um, she said, I just felt better about myself, not just because I was losing weight, but just overall, I just, you know, I showed up, you know, so um, that's um, again, that's a lot of times how I think it's a good way to step into the new year is just take a time to evaluate. And then, um, again, look at it a little bit more. Cause I even, I went through this myself as it was getting towards the end of the, the year. And, um, I had some big goals for the year for my business and, um, and I love to work for different incentives and things like that. And the company that I work with had some couple incentives that I was working for as the, you know, that ended at the end of the year. So I was working, talking with my coach a couple of days before the end of the year. And um, she said, how things going and wrapping it up. And, and I was, I was frustrated because I was looking at that. I wasn't going to get that trip that I was working for. And I might not even get that other incentive. And I said, you know, if it was any other day of the year, even any other day of the month or another month, I would have said, I'm feeling great because things are going well. I've been able to help a lot of people, even though, you know, I mean, I've been busy and been, and it's been great. And there's, but I said, it's like two years, two days before the end of the year. And I'm like really disappointed in myself. So she calmed me down a little bit and said, why don't you do this exercise that I have? Now, this is again, more business uh, related, but she said, 
it's a you know an exercise that she has that we celebrate the year and look at every month of the year and like the things that you accomplished those particular months and maybe the challenges that you had but go through each month and so when we got off our coaching call i spent some time doing that and i reflected on how a pretty amazing year i had <laughs> that i was like wow i did and there were some challenges in there i mean i had an amazing year and that i um, continued on with my podcast as i've shared with you before i started ballroom dance lessons. So I did a couple of ballroom dance competitions and I did really well, like even better on the second one. Um, I published a journal, but my mother died and I had, to, I had to have a biopsy myself, which was a little disconcerting, which turned out okay. Um, uh, I traveled, you know, I had a, a child here, a couple of kids here that were struggling. And so there was a lot of emotion around that. So I looked at that. It just was a great way for me to really evaluate and say, wait a minute, I had a pretty amazing year and maybe I didn't. And I learned that I wasn't as consistent with my business as I could have been because consistency is what is able to get me to earn those trips. Right. Um, and so, but so no no shame or judgment, but it was like, okay, perhaps I wasn't as consistent at the beginning of the year because my daughter was really struggling. And then my mother, she took a turn for worse in her health. And so the focus was there. And so right. it was okay. Right. You know? And so, um, I shared with this on a team and again, it really helped me just again, to kind of pull back and look at the whole type of year. And I was like, wow, this is good. And I even shared that with some of the people that I coach within my business who have their own business. Like, you know, step back and look at all of the things and don't be so focused on um, just the goals. I actually listened to a podcast this morning, a John Maxwell podcast that was about that. Do you have a growth mindset or a goal mindset? And sometimes when we're so focused on those goals, like if we don't accomplish the goals, we feel really bad, kind of like what was happening to me. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But if we're, if we're focused on growth, that's kind of what I looked at when I looked at the year. I'm like, wow, look at, I did grow. I did grow in my, my overall organization. We had a tremendous year and I grew in lots of other areas. And so that was good. But again, if we're so focused on those goals and even this gal shared last night, she said, I was so focused on the fact that it was the end of the year. And by the end of the year, I wanted to lose this much weight. And she said, and I was two pounds short of that. And I got myself so discouraged. And yet she'd get, she had lost 34 pounds already. So it's like that, okay, let's not just focus on the fact that, you know, but let's look at that, how far you've come, mm -hmm, how, you know, mm -hmm. you know, and, um, you know, it helped me. And I really, again, encourage people to take a look at that because again, when you're looking at, okay, why didn't I accomplish those goals? Well, let's talk about what else was happening in your life. What else of the, you know, because then it can give you a different perspective and say, like with me, if I want to earn the trip that just was announced for this next year, I need to be more consistent in these areas. You know, as I looked at, I'm like, okay, now I know if I really want to earn this, these trips and earn these incentives, I really figured out what was lacking. And we can do that same thing with our clients, you know, to say, okay, let's look at that. Like, why did you fall off your, your healthy habits? You know, what was going on? Okay. And then let's figure out how we can reestablish those. But I think the most important thing is to take the small steps because it can be so overwhelming when we say, okay, we'll do this and do this and join your health club. And then, you know, cut the sugar out of your diet and make sure that you, you know, it's just, it can be way too overwhelming.
Right. Um, one of the things that um, I don't think there's any of us that don't have what we call comfort food. Mm -hmm. And so when people are stressed, uh, one of the things that generally happens is, you know, it's like you don't have a binky anymore. You don't have a baby bottle anymore. Uh, hopefully you don't have an adult bottle you're going to. But um, mm -hmm. you do kind of think about, you know, what would make me feel better? And very often it's comfort food. So it might be macaroni and cheese loaded with calories. You know, it mm -hmm. might be, um, you know, um, I don't know, a big bowl of spaghetti and meatballs you know, in, instead of a small portion or something. So there are things that we do that kind of go back to childhood, you know, the peanut butter and jelly sandwiches and the things that mom used to make that just, you know, are good memories. And then we associate feeling better with food. Um, so the healthy food choices that you were talking about, you know, with veggies, I doubt that there are many children that ever looked at a plate of vegetables and went, this is my comfort food. <laughs> it just probably right. didn't happen. Um, and as a result, we don't associate, you know, fruits and vegetables that are healthy for us with feeling better. You know, the, the mm -hmm. parallel just isn't there between the two. Yeah. Um, the other thing that I was thinking when you were talking is on a cellular level, and as a nurse, you know this, that when we're growing up, um, they did the neatest study with children and they, uh, they were like three and four year old uh, kids at a daycare center and they were checking to see if they were left to their own device, what, what foods would they choose? And they observed this over about a month. So every day they would put different foods out. They would put fruits and they'd put veggies and they would put protein sources and, you know, they'd have a couple of cookies and, um, but the kids did not gravitate when they're that young to the table with all of the carbs on it. They did gravitate to fruit and to vegetables and to protein. And they kind of balanced it out themselves, you know, without anybody telling them because they were listening to their bodies. Mm -hmm. As an adult, we don't listen to our bodies anymore. We kind of eat randomly, you know, whatever's there we'll eat. Or if we're at a restaurant, you know, we're not necessarily thinking about what our cells need. And so the mm -hmm. cells stop talking to us. They, they kind of go into like a quiet mode. And, but what they do do is that if you're eating unhealthy, you know, like a bag full of cookies, like you mentioned, that your friend was doing in the past, what, they, what the cells do is they notify you within a couple of hours, I'm still hungry. And then you mm -hmm. go eat something else that's maybe not healthy. And a couple hours later, I'm still hungry. So our body is telling us that we're not feeding it nutritionally. And mm -hmm. as soon as we start listening on a cellular level and feeding it the way it needs to be fed in order to stay healthy, your body will say, thank you. You don't need to feed me for five or six hours. You know, mm -hmm. I'm good. Yeah. And so that is part of the weight loss is that because we're getting nutritionally fed instead of just fed, your body will signal that I don't need to be filled up again. You can mm -hmm. wait a while. So it's really right. cool when we start listening to that. And the kids, when they did that study, that's what they realized is that even at such a young age as three and four years old, they knew what their bodies needed. Mm hmm. Yeah, that is fascinating. And um, 
you know, that's what we find too. And what I encourage people when they do this cleanse, I mean, I think there's a couple of things there. <clears throat> like when I was growing up, you know, my mom, we always had vegetables, but you know, she boiled the beets and she boiled the Brussels sprouts or whatever. And, and, you know, they didn't necessarily taste the, the best, you know, but mm -hmm. like I've come to love roasted vegetables and we roast cauliflower and I roast beets and I put some olive oil and a little bit of honey and oh my gosh, they're so good. And, you know, Brussels sprouts and just, you know, it's, I think a lot of people, either they were raised in, you know, their nose is turned up at the vegetables because they remember the, how they badly they taste, um, <laughs> you know, and then they just don't, they don't know how to prepare them you know, so that they do taste good. And so they just kind of push them aside. Or we used to talk in our, um, some of our uh, groups with some of the, the new moms to say, you know, just have a big salad um, at, at your meal times, And, you know, maybe with your kids, okay, they have a little bit of lettuce and then maybe they have a cucumber, you know, maybe you start with some croutons, you know, which necessarily isn't the best, but then they get kind of, oh, it's crunchy. And oh, well, then I'll have some lettuce. Like you slowly start to introduce them to some, you know, oh, and then now it's, or one of my girlfriends used to put one of those, like, I think it was a Tupperware thing that had all these spaces and she'd fill it up with, with different cut up vegetables, the carrots and the celery and the peppers and the all radishes and all things like that and said, okay, you have to take, and she, you know, she has five kids. And so she, they'd all be there like, while she, you know, that kind of bewitching hour while you're trying to get, when the kids are young and you're trying to get the food on the table and they're so hungry. So she'd put that down and she'd say, okay, you each have to pick two or three, you know? So they just, there was a whole arrays, but they had to pick some and at least start with a couple of vegetables. And so that helped her I and mean, it helped the kids have you know, satiate a little bit before the food instead of eating goldfish or whatever before, but it gave them an introduction to that. So I think that's one thing, but then it is kind of like, that's what I, I share all kinds of recipes with my clients and friends to say, okay, maybe, yeah, you don't have to like eat just raw carrots and celery, but you can make a carrot ginger soup, which is so good. And if you like carrots, it's like, kind of a sweet soup, but it's so good. And then saute some onions and put it in there or make a stir fry with, you know, sweet potatoes and mushrooms and onions and peppers and things like that. Put some spices on there. You can have a really lovely um, dish that really does like warm you up. I think sometimes the comfort food, it's the warm stuff, right? Like you said, right. spaghetti and meatballs and, and all of that, but having something warm, um, it can be very satisfying. So I think that that's something that I try to do a lot of is to just share those recipes because some people just, they don't know how, to, they don't know what to eat because they don't know how to prepare it. Um, and so many of us are working from home now or working from wherever. And it's easy for me to open that door and go to my cabinet and pick up the pretzels and, or, you know, whatever it is. But I also encourage my clients to like, when you go to the store and you come home with those veggies or your fruit, like take some time to prepare them. Mm -hmm. So pull out your glass containers. Grapes and like, then put them in containers. Cause then you, when you open the fridge, then you can open, then you're seeing your, you know, seeing your carrots that you can grab as opposed to your potato chips. And then you have those better choices in front of you. Right. Um, Cause I right. feel like that's, again, what we were, because we were all shut down, we were moving less because we couldn't go out of our houses. 
And sometimes we're eating more and not necessarily the right things because, you know, we were grabbing the wrong things. Mm, yeah. Um, <clears throat> I, I know that I discovered some kind of fun things, and this may be some of the recipes that you use too, but you can take uh, green beans and, and, you know, fresh green beans or fresh asparagus or carrots or anything that's kind of crunchy like that and put them in a Ziploc bag with a little bit of olive oil and sea salt and maybe some other seasonings that you like um, and put them on a cookie sheet, you know, like a little grill sheet and, um, and grill them for a few minutes. And then at the very end, dust them with uh, a little bit of Parmesan cheese. And they are so yummy. And, you know, so yeah. like you said, the honey uh, drizzled over things. Um, there's a mm -hmm. lot of different ways to prepare so that it is a healthy choice as mm -hmm. opposed to a quick choice. And I, I do think a lot of people were used to eating on the run. And so, you know, that's why fast foods became so popular, but so deadly um, because, mm -hmm. you know, the obesity is one of the big factors for death and COVID is that, mm -hmm. you know, we have so many people that are significantly overweight and it's hard on every aspect of your body, not just, you know, knees and shoulders and back and stuff like that, but every, right. every single aspect. So, um, yeah, I think. Well, and I, I wanted to share another experience. I was coming home from, again, it's cold here in Chicago. So, yeah. and I often go and work out in the morning. And so I, when I was coming home, another morning uh, this week uh, and there's a Starbucks right by me. And, I, and a lot of times I'll go on my app and I'll <clears throat> order some, you know, and I don't drink coffee much, but every once in a while I like to get a, you know, treat myself to a little Starbucks. And I was, so I was like, okay, I'll order. And then I'll, I can drive through and then I can just walk in and pick it up. And, and, um, and I was having a hard time with the app and then they were sold out of something. And I was just like, and then I decided on something. I'm like, Oh my goodness, that's going to be five, $5.50 for like this fancy coffee drink with like, I don't know, I don't even, whatever it was, like a latte or cappuccino or something like that with oat milk. It's like, that is a lot of money. And I'm like, forget it. I'm not doing that. So I came home and I was like, but I also have a protein powder that I like that comes in a cafe latte. I was like, you know what? I'm just going to make my own cafe latte thing. So I threw that in the, the blender and I, my husband had some coffee made. So I threw a splash of coffee and I put a half a <clears throat> frozen banana and some water. I mixed it up. I'm like, now that's a good drink. And I don't know how much it costs, but I mean, it's usually, you know, it's probably in the probably 250 or something for that. And it certainly was a lot healthier than because it had the protein in it and, and a little banana and all that. I was like, you know, that's what I need to talk about more often is like we can drive through and like, because people will say, oh, I can't afford to eat healthy. Well, if we're going to Starbucks and spending five fifty on a cappuccino, <clears throat> you know, and a egg sandwich or whatever, how much that, that is, if we shifted that spending and did something, even if we bought our own coffee, and that's what my husband does, he buys Starbucks coffee and then he grinds it and he makes it himself. He says, I'm not going to go and spend $3 for a cup of black coffee or whatever it is. Like if we shift our spending, look at where we're spending and shift it to perhaps what can I do to prepare that at home? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Then all of a sudden we find, we find that we find the, the money that we need to pay for, you know, pay for those healthier. And one of my friends says, you know, you either pay for wellness now or illness later or something like that, you know, so right. pay for it now 
and, and that otherwise it'll be much later and you may be dealing with some illnesses. Well, and the, the reality I think is that once you go down the illness path, it's very, very hard to come all the way back again. Mm -hmm. Um, a lot of people that have, you know, developed COVID, um, whether it was the original or the Delta or now the Omicron, but, um, you know, they will never be quite back to where they were prior to getting the disease. I mean, there, there are these long hauler symptoms and, um, even those that have been vaccinated are finding that they have Mm -hmm. some of the symptoms lingering, you know, long after they are coming out of, you know, getting it. Right. Well, and even, even outside of that, cause I completely agree with that. I've seen that happen with people that I know. Um, but even as I saw with my, my parents, as they're, you know, my, again, like I said, my mom passed at the beginning of this year and she was 85. My dad's um, 87, I believe maybe just turned 88, but just to like, they're pretty set in their habits and, mm. you know, they kind of eat okay, healthy wise, but not, you know, you know, I learned my sweet tooth from my parents and things like that. And, um, so to just get them to change things. Mm -hmm. And even as my mom, as they discovered that she had Parkinson's, I started to look into like better foods to eat for Parkinson's and, and, you know, different. And it was really, they were, she wasn't really open to making the changes. And even to get, have my dad, like, you know, you guys should have some protein shakes. Again, it's not about weight loss. They needed to actually have more protein and try to gain a little weight because they were losing weight and the elderly population tends to, you know, lose weight and they lose their muscle mass because they're not moving as much and not, and they can't process their protein as well as the younger. And so, but it's hard when they're 80 years old to have them reset their habits, you know, exactly. it's hard, you know, even, yeah. you know, food wise, as well as, um, like activity wise, my parents were always active, but they weren't really, they never went to the gym or even just went on a daily walk. And, um, you know, I did, I do commend my dad after my mom passed, you know, after I talked to him after a month or so, I mean, we talked to him of course, earlier than that, but you know, I'm like, how's it going? He says, yeah. And he told me that he was, he was joining the walking club. They live in a senior living community, which is pretty big. And so they have like a walking club when it's warm out and they walk the, the property. And so he started to meet them, you know, a couple of times a week to walk. And, um, and I think that that's, you know, that's good. I'm like, good for you, dad. Cause he, that wasn't something that he was in the habit of doing. Um, he tried to do that with my mom, but she could only last so long. Mm-hmm. Um, with, and so he with just her Parkinson's. Yeah. Yeah. So we didn't need, well, he, he tried to, but then my mom, she's like, oh yeah, but she would only make it this far. Then we'd have to sit. And so I was glad that he, when she was passed and he was feeling better, like, he's like, yeah, I went out and I was walking. And then he said one time he goes, well, sometimes I don't make it to the group, but then I'll just walk myself. I'm like, good for you, dad. I mean, it's a matter of just staying active and keeping moving. And again, the point is that it's hard it's, it's good to try to, like, that's why I said with the kids and salads and vegetables, like if we can introduce people at an earlier age to just some ways that they can eat healthier and develop those healthier habits, right. Then, you know, they don't have as many bad habits to break. (laughs) Right. I know that my kids, they, all my kids love, 
um, vegetables and they love, you know, salads. And we've just, it's just been what we eat in our, in our family. And even these, I mean, I've learned to, I love cauliflower and broccoli, but I started to roast it a lot this year. And um, man, it is just like a staple. I mean, cauliflower is not cheap. So um, I'm like, maybe we won't do cauliflower this week. For some reason, it's, it's kind of expensive, but, um, but we love it. Just chop it up and um, put a little olive oil and then put some, there's all kinds of fun seasoning mixes that we have and sprinkle that and roast them. Oh, so So good. what is your favorite um, like crunchy thing that you put on cauliflower or broccoli? Well, I have, there's a, I don't know the brand, but there's, um, there was a uh, herb, uh, you know, spice mix that was for roasted vegetables that mm -hmm. I found at a Tuesday mornings. And it's, um, I think it has a little paprika in it garlic, onion. Um, so is it in like an envelope or is it in a bottle? No, it's in a glass bottle. Glass bottle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Glass bottle. But then there was, um, I think we used, uh, like a green goddess spice mix yesterday, last night when we had cauliflower and my daughter reminded me, she says, oh, this reminds me of that spice mix you used to use from the Spice House. And I know that you can get like the Spice House. There's a few locations here in Illinois, but you can also go online. Um, and there was um, there was one, a Paris mix and Ooh. a Lakeshore Drive mix. I think it was I think the Spice House was developed here in Illinois. So, you know, there's Lakeshore Drive and um, and they were, again, more green herbs and things like that. I'm not sure what it was in it, basil or parsley or things like that. But um, again, you, it, you just, we just found what we liked. And right. um, I think that that's what I encourage people like, just try, cause people like they want to salt their food, salt their food. Well, just try spice, just some kind of spices. You don't have to necessarily put salt on it, but what exactly. if you picked up these spice mixes and with a little olive oil, you can really put some nice flavor into your vegetables. Absolutely. Um, the other thing that I think is super cool, if you, you know, are in an area where you can have a garden uh, with kids and let them plant a few things, watch it grow, be able to harvest, um, because mm -hmm. then they are much more interested in eating it if, if they right. participated in it somehow. And uh, they can take it all the way, you know, to cooking it or baking it or something like that, because then they kind of own it. It's theirs. And uh, I think they become a lot more interested in food and healthy food in particular, but you know, how, how do you make things? Um, if they mm -hmm. think that the only place to get food is McDonald's, you know, or Burger King or someplace like that, then they have a very limited repertoire, you know, because they don't know, like you said, they have no idea how to prepare anything. So, yeah. um, yeah, that's pretty cool is, is to get them yeah. somehow involved and even container gardening for people who live in apartments or condos mm -hmm. where they don't have access to growing something in the actual soil. Um, there's so many container gardens, you know, today that you can do at least mm -hmm. your salad might not be able to grow ears of corn, but you could mm -hmm. do a lot of other things. Oh yeah. And big, you know, just a big pot with, you know, putting some trellises there so that you can, you know, grow peppers or, you know, we've even done that. We've have a place that we'll plant a garden, but sometimes I'll do my herbs in those, you know, big pots instead of, you know, so I can have the basil and the rosemary and things like that in a little pot and um, yeah, you can do that even if you live in an apartment or, a, you know, um, um, 
condo or something like that. Mm-hmm. And I don't know about you, but like in um, the next town over, they have garden plots that you can rent or I don't know how exactly that works, but you can see in the summertime that people go over and then they have their garden plot. It's because yes. they don't have it wherever they live, but they can go and plant. And yeah, um, there's a lot of communities that do that right around here. So if you lived like in Safety Harbor, they have a whole area for people who would like to rent, you know, a little patch of land to grow a few things in. And as long as you're not too far away, you know, because you can't rely on somebody else to weed your garden (laughs) or to Mm -hmm. water it or, you know, take care of it. Um, But I I think that's a a great idea. And most Mm -hmm. of the people, you know, down here, you have what's called a lanai. It's, It's not... Like when I was growing up, we had a big front porch, but here it's usually, um, you know, it's a kind of a screened in area. And then it's a matter of looking and seeing, you know, where is the sun going to come in Mm -hmm. to your area? But most lanai's are pretty good size. So you could have, you know, a garden technically, you Mm -hmm. know, inside of that, as long as your cat or dog wouldn't be digging around in it. (laughs) Mm, Right, right. Yeah. Well, and I think another thing, just because we, this is something that um, I um, experienced recently, um, just with healthy eating and things like that, we again, became empty nesters and in December and, and I love to cook and, but I get kind of bored with like, and, and how am I going to cook for two and things like that. And, and so there's different like meal prep services that, um, that you can, get a couple of meals delivered to you. Not not that like you can get them and then you make them, you know, like um, this one's called Green Chef, which I think is part of HelloFresh too. There's a couple. And so we get a couple of meals delivered every week. We started doing that to just get some different ideas and they Mm -hmm. give you the recipe cards. And so a couple of them we've really liked. And so we keep the recipe card because then we can make it again. And so um, I've, uh, and we did that many, you know, years ago when we had all the kids here and we're really busy. And that's how I think some of my kids learned how to cook because it was like, Hey, okay, I started this, but I've got, can you finish it? And you know, it's usually, it takes you less than 30 minutes to prepare the meal. So I'm like, okay, I got to take this kid to hockey. Can you finish this? I mean, I've done that with a couple of my kids Uh and they were easy enough that they, you know, they could finish up the meal, if you will, but that's a great way. Um, again, not only to introduce the kids, but if you're feeling like you don't know how to cook, like get one of those services. And so, Mm -hmm. because they're, they're fairly simple and to follow along and they're really pretty healthy meals and you can get that confidence like, wow, maybe I can cook a healthy, you know, stir fry shrimp pesto with blah, blah, you know, side of linguine or whatever, you know, and it's not that, it's not that difficult. Um, I also have a girlfriend that owns a, a place here where you can go and pick up same type of thing. You can pick up the meals um, and then prepare them at home and get them on the table within 30 minutes. So there are options if people don't really know, again, how how to cook or what to do and things like that. And right, um, right. They, they can learn. Mm-hmm. Um, like any skill. <laughs> if yeah. you, if you want to, you know, change where you're currently uh, living, you know, like with your, your health and your emotions and everything else, if you like where you are, then, you know, continue doing it exactly the same way you've been doing it. If you're recognizing that, there are some things that maybe need to be changed a little bit. I know we talked at the beginning of the show about, it's like 
cleaning your closet, but, you know, mm -hmm. looking into um, your life and seeing what areas maybe you would like to improve and then going from mm -hmm. there. And health and wellness is certainly a huge one because if you are eating better, you will have more energy. You know, you will mm -hmm. lose uh, weight that isn't your friend in terms of your health. And uh, you may learn some wonderful cooking skills along the way. So, you know, those are all fun things. Um, and if you can do it with a couple of friends, you can support each other. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we had that a couple of times that, you know, a couple of women got together and they, we made some, you know, freezer meals, if you will, together. And we were able to share them and, um, you know, have, I brought my favorite recipe, she brought hers, and then we were able to prepare some meals and put them in the freezer and have fun together. And yeah, we talked about even just cleaning out, just, you know, cleaning things out. I know that we live in a world of excess. So just, you know, be it that your office or your closet, or I know that's, again, I talk with some clients who they're like, yeah, I need to lose a few pounds or, or my girlfriend, she said, she texted me one day, she said, can you just come over? She said, I went through my closet and I decided I'm not going to fit into these particular clothes anymore. I have been holding on to them, thinking I'm going to lose the weight and I'm just not going to. And I think you might fit into some of them. So come and take the bags. And she said, I don't, I just, I want them out of the house. And so that was kind of a nice, um, uh, nice for me because she has some lovely clothes and some of them fit me, but then it gave me the opportunity to go through mine. Uh -huh. I was like, okay, I haven't, you know, I haven't worn this sweater in a long time. And I don't know with this, I used to do so much more out, you know, networking out there with the nice pants and the blazers and stuff. I'm like, okay, I don't think I'm going to wear that again. So it gave me a chance to go through my closet and, you know, I probably gave away four bags of clothes from there. I picked up three from her, gave away four and got, a, you know, an update on my wardrobe. But I think we all need to do that too, is just kind of go into our closets and say, you know what, what am I holding on for this for, you know, exactly. and, um, you know, people have different ways that they organize their closet and know what they've worn and they won't want, you know, worn they use different hangers. Okay. If you haven't, I don't know, I, I'm not, I don't do that myself, but I know that some people do that, that they put their clothes on a certain color hanger when they put them back in, if they, I don't know, if the ones that aren't this certain color at the end of the year, those are the ones they haven't worn. And so it's time to get rid of them. Oh, but, okay. um, you know, there's certain things like that, but I think, you know, we do live in a world of excess. Right. And so just doing, you know, that maybe that once a year, a couple of times a year, kind of cleaning through and reevaluating, but also, like we said earlier, like metaphorically, like, what are we holding on to? Like, what are we holding on to that we could really get rid of or say goodbye to be it a fear or limiting belief and things like that. And, um, and what's there that, that you want to keep. Um, and then, um, you know, and then what do you want to continue, you know, with and things like that. So I think it's good to clean things out at the beginning of the year. Again, energetically, it's great mm -hmm. to just, you know, I could go through this, you know, my office here and, and give away some books and clean up some papers and things like that. And energetically, it just feels better. And then they say that, you know, as you get rid of things and clear it out, then it gives room for more goodness to come in. And I truly do believe that I'm in the process of, uh, slowly getting myself ready to move 
uh, in April. And um, so looking at things that I haven't really, I had things in storage from when we moved here from Wisconsin and they mm. were in the original moving boxes. So I had packed them 20 years ago and started going through them and realizing, you know, some of them I do need to donate, some I wanted to share with family and some I will take with me. Um, but uh, yeah, if you, I mean, I had a friend who had a theory that if you haven't worn it or used it in a year, donate it, you know, and she never bought anything um, clothing wise, unless she gave one thing away, yep. you know, whether it was to yep. a thrift store or something else, but she would not buy something unless she was, you know, giving <clears throat> something away. And, uh, I always thought that was such a great, you know, way to look at life because you're, you're going to have stuff you, you just do, mm -hmm. but, um, we are a nation of hoarders in many, many respects. And, you know, mm -hmm. guys like to, hang on to the screws and the nuts and the bolts and they have all kinds of pliers and hammers and because you never know when you might need it right and women <laughs> do right. exactly the same thing we don't have maybe the garage stuff that the guys do but we have things that we cook with and things that uh, you know dishes and containers and things that you know we might need um so mm -hmm. yeah it's it's time to um uh, lessen up the things that I'm going to be moving <laughs> because it'll make it mm -hmm. yeah, move right. much, much easier for everybody if I can do that. Right. So kind Absolutely. of uh, to pull this one to a close, um, resetting is kind of across the board, you know, resetting, looking around our environment and saying, you know, what things do I maybe need to donate? What things can I simplify? Looking internally at our lives with beliefs and um, habits, patterns that maybe are not serving us very well anymore. Um, what other things would you say are really important, you know, as you look at a reset that people need to be aware of? Yeah, I think, um, you know, what popped into my head is just sometimes evaluate your friends. I mean, it may sound a little, but there's sometimes that sometimes the people that we hang out with, I mean, we, we want the people that, that we hang out to be, you know, to be life-giving to us, to be positive and things like that. Mm -hmm. And if they're not, I think sometimes it's time to say goodbye to those friends, you know, which again, can sometimes sound not so good, but really, um, if, if they're not serving you again, if they're not supportive of you, um, perhaps it's time to, you know, to move, to move on. Um, and again, it can be, those can be difficult, um, <clears throat> things to, uh, breakups to happen and things like that. But I think that's part, part of the things that you can take a look at too, is who are you, who are you spending your time with? Right. Who are you giving your, you know, who are you giving your energy to? Um, and, um, and I also remember I talked to a mom one time and she just, um, she's a busy mom, two girls, busy business and things like that. And she just had kind of a lack of, she felt like she wasn't doing enough. And I think she just had some kind of lack of fulfillment. And, and I encourage you to look into like volunteering, like who else can, like when you can, I, I don't know. I think that's one thing that I talked about in my, something that I was going to start this new year. Um, cause I used to volunteer at a horse farm and I used to volunteer at the local 
um, animal shelter. And then with COVID, it kind of it changed their policies. And I really haven't gone back, but there's a cat shelter that my son and his girlfriend used to go to. And um, so I'm thinking about, I'm trying to, I'm doing the process of doing the orientation, things like that. Cause it feels good to be able to go and help other, you know, if, you know, help other people, animals, be it, you can uh, volunteer at your hospital or volunteer at the library or things like that, or your local senior living place or something like that. I think that's that sometimes when we're looking at putting things in, if we're going to put something in our life, putting something like that in our life, that or perhaps getting rid of the negative and putting something positive where you can go and make a difference in somebody's life, you know, right. make a difference in that cat's life or the horse's life or things like that, <laughs> right. you know, which may seem a little, but they, they need to be socialized and you can make a difference when you go and socialize cats and oh, clean absolutely. the horses and things like that. You know, absolutely. I think those are things to sometimes that we, again, in the busyness of life, we forget about. Mm-hmm. So as we're kind of looking at our habits, our health habits, what we eat, um, you who know, we associate who, with, who we, who we associate with and yeah. also looking at, yeah, what we're watching, mm-hmm. what we're listening to. Those are all things that we can do a reset on yes. if it's, you know, turn the news off and go, go for a walk, board, go for a walk, turn the news off and play a card game with mm-hmm. your kids or something like right. that. That exactly. can be read a, book. a nice, read a book. Yeah. Right. Oh, Moya, we have such fun together. So um, we do. thank I you for being on the show. Um, let people know how they can find you. It will also be on the synopsis, you know, on the platforms. And so, you know, there's a contact uh, area there as well. But for those listening, how can they get hold of you? I think the easiest way is you can find me through my website, which is now moiragorski.com. So M-O-Y-R-A-G-O-R-S-K-I.com. You can find me and um, how I support people in their health. Um, You can find the link to my podcast there. You can find the link to my journal and, um, and you can also find me on all the other social media platforms, Facebook, LinkedIn, Instagram. I'm, those are the ones that I'm very um, active, active on. Um, and um, yeah, again, I, I love to make connections. I love that we made this connection the last, what, couple of years, year and a half. Yeah. And um, just connecting with others to see how I can support them in their life because life is worth, worth living. And um, we all deserve, you know, a happy, healthy life. And there's, but I, but I realize, and I think you and I share that same understanding that sometimes we just need a little help, you know, yeah, from someone I think else. that's, I think and, that's um, true. It's kind of like yeah. a hug, <laughs> a, cover, yeah. a hug over the internet. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much. I know you're going to be back with me towards the end of May and uh, until then have a, a warm winter and a beautiful yes. spring. Yes. Yes. And good luck with your move and getting through your things. And um, I look forward to connecting with you again and, and um, having you on my podcast pretty soon again, too. So thanks again for the time, Lucy. Oh, you you are so welcome. Take care, take care of yourself. (laughs) All right. You too. Uh Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. Share it with others and make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss a thing. I've got a tribe over on Facebook, so head over there and search for Juggling the Chaos of Recovery Podcast Tribe.
And do you know somebody who has a story, a story to share, a story of recovery and hope? Please let me know as I'd love to feature them as a guest on one of these next upcoming podcasts. And perhaps you're looking for a community of like-minded, collaborative, and supportive people who cheer each other on as we strive to improve our lives. If that sounds like something you've been looking for, schedule some time with me. You'll find the links in the show notes. Let's talk and let me help you find your way. And I'm here to tell you that you're worth it.